Welcome to the Changemakers Podcast, brought to you by Graf Martin Communications, where we discuss ministry, marketing, and leadership for good. I'm your host, Ellen Graf Martin, and each episode you get to join me in conversation with some of the most interesting changemakers and groundbreakers from across Canada and beyond. Today on the Changemakers Podcast, I chat with my friend Drew Marshall, who was the longtime host of the Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk show. Full disclosure, Drew thinks very differently than anyone else I know in this Christian space, or at least anyone who's willing to say it. This is a very different episode, but I think you're going to learn a lot from Drew. I know I have over 15 years of work and friendship. He says what he thinks, and he isn't afraid to challenge our ways of thinking, but he has such a great heart, and I really trust him. In this episode, we have a very candid conversation about why he left his work as a pastor and why he left a successful radio show behind, how doubt and spiritual leadership function together, the gift of going second, and what it's like to struggle openly with your faith in the Christian world. It will be entertaining, to say the least. Here we go. Awesome. So today on the Changemakers podcast, I have my friend, long time, it's kind of kind of friend, Drew Marshall. Um, we have known each other for 15 years, so we'll talk about that, how we actually connected at first. I think it's 15 years. Who was a long time, was the long time host of the Drew Marshall Show, Canada's most listened to spiritual talk show, but he quit that. And we're going to talk about why and all that he learned through that wrestling, and that's how I met him, and, and all of those things. But we're so glad that he's here today. Hi, Drew. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. So I'm going to make this painful for yeah, you. Just, One word <clears throat> answers. So Drew and I met 15 years ago because he was a brand new show host. Um, like, when did your show, so the Drew Marshall Show, self-named, it was a creative name, mm-hmm. but when, <laughs> well, it's just like my company, Graf yeah. Martin Communications. Yeah. So w- tell me, tell me about your show. Like, when did you start it? Moved back from Australia in 2003, knew I shouldn't be in any form of spiritual leadership as I used to be a pastor in Australia. Woke up in the morning about three and had an idea for a radio show, interviewing people about what they believe spiritually, celebrities and such, and um, pitched the idea to um, a God station. And they said, um, okay. I don't think they knew what they were saying okay to (laughs) at the time. I didn't either when I met you. No, (laughs) no. Yeah. Anyway, that's how it started. And it was, so 2004 is when you started the show or three? 2003. Okay. Yeah. So I met you shortly after you had, so you'd had the show for about a year Mm -hmm. and then I met you, which actually feels like a million years ago. And I was asked, I was 27 at the time and asked to, yeah, I know that was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. And I remember being asked to pitch guests to you, which was. Interesting. Why? It was exciting because every phone call, <laughs> I had no idea what was going to happen. And, yeah. and we won't talk about it today, but there was a time when you almost blew up your career, um, but in a way that was great. You loved it, but you phoned me immediately after and told me to hop on YouTube and watch something. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> oh, that. and yeah. so that kind of solidified right. it. And never again would I forget you because, you know, that's who it was. So that was a while ago. Now you said a couple of things and I want to remember them. You said you came back from Australia. Oh, by the way, that's the first time anyone has ever said that to me. Oh, really? You said something and I want to remember it. Okay. <laughs> well, you did. You said, you know what? And we're going to talk about some of the things that you actually have said that I remember. But I want to talk less and let you talk more because on your show, you let other people talk more. And you talked less. So, okay. So you said when you came back from Australia, you knew you shouldn't be in any kind of spiritual leadership Mm -hmm. and you were a pastor. Yes. So can you explain that to us? What a pastor is? No, like why you, how did you know you shouldn't be in any sort of, there are a lot of people I think that are actually in some sort of spiritual leadership that stay in it. That shouldn't be. Oh yeah. That I mean, that are staying in it because they feel like they have to. Yep. Yep. I could not be in in any form of spiritual leadership for numerous reasons. One, um, we had a tough marriage. I'm going to look over here because my wife's sitting in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. 
but she's there right now. Yeah. Uh, anybody get that reference? And we're going to talk about that later. All right. Yeah. Um, so marriage, me and but but the main thing was like doubts, spiritual doubts. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I was a pastor in the tribe of certainty, right? The evangelical tribe is a tribe of certainty, and I was screaming inside with massive doubts. And um, and then thirdly, I just I don't think I had the the um, I was going to say moral character, but that makes me sound awfully mm. uh, skanky. Uh, but I I just didn't feel like I was above reproach as much as I would expect someone who is in a pastoral position to be. Mm-hmm. So I put the magnifying glass on my own soul, mm-hmm. on my own actions, on my own life, and said, "Dude, who are you kidding?" Stop. Mm. Okay, and do you think that there are, okay, and there are probably people listening. Probably people who, listening. Who oh. need to do that. Oh, like, definitely. Who need to say that. So, like, how do you get to a point of self-reflection? Like, is this having a good wife <laughs> that says, you know, you've got, you're messed up and you need to think about this? Or how do you get there? Have you talked about the Enneagram to your people in this? No, not yet. Okay, you go so, for it. Yeah. Go, no, well, I mean, it's a, it's the first personality typing uh, um, system or, t- or test or formula and all that kind of was Myers-Briggs. And I didn't like Myers-Briggs because it was too much business and leadership. And, you know, I know you guys are into that, but eh, not so much me. I'm not and, so much. And, oh, okay. Yeah. And then the, um, the um, I couldn't remember the stinking letters. Right. I can't either. No. Okay. <laughs> no idea. All right. People ask me, I'm like, e- I don't know. Yeah, no. E.T. phone? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, but this one, and by the way, so that one is all positive and raw, raw. Here's your gifts and your leadership yeah. and your business and blah, blah, blah. I wanted something that would show me my skid marks as well. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And my shadow side might be a nicer way to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this thing, uh, I, I'd heard about it for years and it was like the cool, um, you know, uh, mystic Christians were into it, right? The, the fringe, you know, on evangelicalism, they would, they would dabble with it. Sounds like you get something from it. Anyway, I did the test. I, re- I read the stuff. I studied it. I looked into it and I found out a whole lot about myself. Why, wait, why are we talking about this? Enneagram? Hey, yeah, Enneagram. So I what was asked the you, like, why did you choose? Why did you actually choose? Oh, I chose to, uh, you, you asked me, how does one get to the position where they can self-reflect enough to yeah. make that decision to step yeah. down as a, as a spiritual leader? Absolutely. And it helped that I'm an Enneagram four. That's my type. My type is the type that can self-reflect until the cows come home. And that screams out for authenticity. To the point where it's annoying if you're married to a nine. No uh, one ever called you annoying, right? No, no, no. But <laughs> so I'm always about this authenticity so much so that people then sometimes question my authenticity because I'm always talking about things on the edge and, you know, people say, oh, you're so edgy. No, mm-hmm. I'm not edgy. I'm only edgy because I have this show within the Jesus scene. Mm-hmm. If it was a real radio show on a real radio station, I wouldn't be edgy. No, you'd be normal. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And so, and you probably didn't hear about the Enneagram until more recent. Like, like it's been a couple of years or was it a no, long time ago? No, I heard about back up uh, when um, Roar, what's his name? Russ Roar? No, um, Richard, Norm, Richard Roar. Richard Roar. We know a few okay, Roars yeah. apparently. Uh, Richard Rohr was going on about a uh, you know a decade or so okay, ago. Okay, so you were like an early adopter of the Enneagram. No, no, I just had a sniff of it back then. Okay, but I was too scared to get into it because he was like Catholic. <gasps> oh, he might not even know who Jesus really is. Oh dear, you know what I mean? Yeah, because you that were was the you mentality. Were, you were so evangelical, yeah. and you are so not right now. Yeah. Is that fair to say? It's very fair <laughs> okay. to say. Okay, yeah. so so it, it, yeah. it would be really hard. Or it's really hard for people in spiritual leadership, I think, to come out and admit the real hardcore doubts or to look in the mirror and go, man, I need to not be in spiritual leadership. Because a lot of times the the accommodation is tied up with the job, mm-hmm. living in the manse, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times that's your community as well. So what are you going to do? Stop pastoring the church and then sit in the pew with the same people? That's weird. Yeah. Right. And so, so you disqualified yourself from spiritual leadership, yeah. as you would call it. But what I would see that you did was you shifted your spiritual leadership, because whether you would call yourself a leader or not, so I don't know that you would have ever no. said 
you're a leader. I've never use the L word. But um, how many the people? Other L word. <laughs> how many people listened to your radio show? Kind of throughout that. So. I always feel weird saying this because I think sometimes people inflate the numbers and it also sounds a little toot toot yeah. and it's very non-Canadian, very un-Canadian it's to okay, do that. It's okay, you can do it. Okay. Dude, there were gazillions the entire world listened to. You had a lot of listeners. There were lots. There was uh, apparently at any given 15-minute interval, which is how they measure yeah. some of these things, uh, there was um, 100,000 plus in the GTA and then we had listeners from 150 countries listening online. So the online traffic was getting bigger than the Radio Crazy. traffic. So, okay, so you're not a leader, but 200,000 people listen to what you have to say. Right, but I think they listen because I didn't come off like a leader. Yeah. And so, and I think that's, okay, we've got a lot of things to talk about because what does a leader look like is a big question. And I think part of what you are saying is that you didn't look like what a, an evangelical leader looked like in your brain. Yeah, the answer man. So yep. you couldn't you couldn't lead in the way that they led. So like, because you didn't look like the right pastor guy, right. you had to lead in a different way. And I would, I would argue that you pastored people, even though you weren't pastoring. Do you think that? Um, Through this radio show that lasted for how long? How many years? 16 years, but no, no. Again, I think, <clears throat> so let's look at, I don't know what the real definition of these words are, but my understanding of a pastor is one that comes alongside of, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Almost like, ooh, here we go, uh, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's a come alongside mm -hmm. kind of part of the Trinity, right? And I, people ask me what, what, I, what I miss the most about being a pastor. And I say to them, I miss being paid to be available. Oh, that's good. Because it's such, I love being available for yeah. people. It's just, if they need me, boom, I'm there. Yeah. I love the hospital chaplaincy stuff that I do now because I can be there in times of crisis. Um, but um, what, what was the question again? What is wrong with us? Yeah. Do you have the same disease as I do? <laughs> I do, actually. But there we are. No, it's that I, I so I would argue, and I know you wouldn't say oh, this, not a but I would argue that you actually were coming alongside a lot of people for all of those years as a leader. And I would say that you were doing it as you wrestled through your own doubt and you wrestled through your own faith and who you were, your identity. Cause I was part of that. We had a lot of phone conversations as you wrestled through that. And you would phone me and tell me something crazy that you were doing, like going blind temporarily. And I would, I would kind of mourn, mourn for your wife. <laughs> Bev, because she's amazing. And I thought, what would I do if Dan mm -hmm. came home and said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go blind for a while and see what it feels like. But, you know. What's wrong with that? <laughs> it's, I will just say it's out of the ordinary. You are out of the ordinary. And I think that's the point, that there were a lot of people who are out of the ordinary. And that, I mean, this is me. I feel like I'm like just doing an encouragement thing for you. But I, <laughs> but really, I think that there are a lot of people who would be listening who are like, I don't know that I look like John Maxwell. And so I can't lead. Like I'm, a, I'm disqualified from leadership because I don't look like this. And, and so we think that we're disqualified from actually that coming alongside where there are people who were wrestling. There was a reason why people listened. And it wasn't just because you had cool guests and Candace Cameron Bure and Kathy Lee Gifford and these people on your show. It was because you were wrestling publicly. Yeah. And I don't think it was just this voyeurism. I think they actually, you gave people, I would say you gave them the gift of going second. So by you wrestling publicly, you allowed them to wrestle too. Is that, uh, is did that you crazy? hear that? Where did you hear that? The gift of going second? The gift second. of going second is actually Anne-Marie Miller wrote about that. Is she and, related to Dawn? Who's Anne-Marie no, Miller? Anne-Marie Miller um, in the U.S., she wrote a book called Permission to Speak Freely, I think it's called. Okay. And uh, she talked about the gift of going second. So when you share your story, you give someone the gift of going second. So they can say, oh, oh guess right. what? Me so, too. So someone else has kind of blazed that trail and now I can mm -hmm. kind of, oh, there's a path there. I feel comfortable on that path. Yeah. And and so, okay, talk about some of, sorry, I would call them the crazy things that you did as you wrestled through. You may not see them as crazy, but potentially, <laughs> how did you give the gift mm. of going second to some people? Like, what are some of the things you did? Man, well, I mean, uh, the the we start from the the most obvious or the top one, which would be 
you know, I have a spiritual talk show on Canada's largest Christian radio station. And, and during an interview with Ravi Zacharias, I come out, I'm ambushed by my own authenticity. And I can't take it anymore. And I have to say, Ravi, I'm now at a point where I'm no longer 100% convinced that there is a God. Mm. He still owes me a lunch. He said, next time in Toronto, let's go for lunch. As an happened. Yeah. Ravi, I want my lunch. Um, and then I had to go, well, hold on. Do I stay on the air? Right. Do, you know, should I leave? Should I, should I stop this again? Right. Mm-hmm. Step down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, who helped me uh, see that clearly was Bruxy Cavey. Mm. He said, correct me if I'm wrong, Drew, but you've never claimed to be in any spiritual leadership position. You've never claimed that. In you fact, certainly you said never no. Claimed, yeah. It <laughs> said I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and you've never claimed to sort of, you know, be the answer guy or whatever. So why why would you step down? And he said, for you need to be there because everyone who has a microphone in front of them or a camera in front of them in the Jesus scene are all certaintists. Mm. I don't even know if that's a real word, mm-hmm. but I like it. And for the rest of us, he included himself as the teaching pastor at the meeting house, for the rest of us who really wrestle with doubt. We need someone who has a microphone to stay there and not be a certain, just, just wrestle, just do it. Just wrestle. Cause if there's a God, God's not biting his nails because you're wrestling with a microphone in front of you. No. You're freaking him out. The only people you're freaking out are the people that run the Christian stations who are rely on donations or other mm-hmm. ministries buying airtime and stuff, which is a weird business model. But anyway. So what does it feel like to be an uncertaintist? In a world of certaintists. So this, yes. this Christian world. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm no longer part of that world. Because it's hell. It feels like hell. It's torturous. It's you feel like a leper. You feel like a freak show. I'm mm-hmm. already a fairly, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> not like job. We've got video available. <laughs> if you are listening to this and not watching the video podcast yeah. on YouTube, for this one, you definitely should no. jump on YouTube and, t- and take I, a listen. I'm already a fairly demonstrative person. And, uh, and so I get attention whether I like it or not. Um, but then when I come out and say, and, and I, and I struggle openly and honestly and, uh, and awkwardly, mm-hmm. it not only uh, feels awkward to me, which I, I'm fine. I mean, I deal, I'm, that's half my life has been awkward, but I can feel the awkwardness in the room and I can see people shifting and moving away. It's like someone mm-hmm. walked in the room with leprosy. Mm-hmm. And and you can and the, the the thing that really pisses me off is the condescension that comes from the certaintists, and I I've, I'm already allergic to oh it's just Drew I've had that my whole life mm-hmm. oh it's just Drew mm-hmm. well now it's oh it you know mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure there is a God oh that's just Drew as a matter of fact Diane Cannon the actress mm-hmm. left me a voicemail message and said I heard what you said on the radio the other day and I want to know if it's for real or if it's for ratings I was ticked off man. Oh. Because that just goes right to yeah. the heart of my this yeah. authenticity thing. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. blue was, but yeah. that the yeah. Enneagram Four has to be about. So, and I think to be really honest, I think this is why we've been able to stay friends through all of this. Because I suspect that there were some people who, when you say this publicly, that all of a sudden there's kind of like an arm's length that happens. Is that? Oh, yeah. Did that happen? It was a more. It was. It was a sociological phenomenon and more interesting to see the reaction of people in the tribe versus what I did with the tribe. Mm. So me pulling away from the tribe was just me going, it was at the start, it was me going, screw you guys in sort of an immature sucky way. Mm -hmm. But then as I thought through it, I went, hold on. You either need to grow up and be, stay part of the tribe because it's, you got to have some, some peeps Mm -hmm. around you. Or you need to you need to really realize why you're pulling away from the tribe, and mm. I finally came to that understanding that I'm I'm uh, making I'm freaking people out too much, and this is my journey, my story, my battle, not yours. Do you feel comfortable in your little hallmark moments? Live there. Sorry, Candace, <laughs> but I <laughs> yeah. cannot stand hallmark moments. I love them. Just for the record, I. Hallmark movies, it's that time, you know? Really? She just got some, uh, somebody just sent me, I think it was her assistant sent me a note or an email saying that she she's now the, the official queen of Christmas on Hallmark or something like that. <laughs> well, 
Okay, there you go. So uh, yeah, because I have a seven year old, and we are recording this just leading up to Christmas here. So oh, okay. yeah, I'm. Uh, we are going to be inundated. It's Dan's. He is living his best life. I tell you, when the TV is. The poor man. He just, Dang. you know, spends a lot of time on his phone. Yeah. So, okay. We, sorry. We really got distracted because, yes, it's an ADHD moment here. There, By the way, I tried that line on Huntley Street. Oh. Remember I said to the blonde chick, I can't remember her name. Kathy. I said, what is it? Kathy. Kathy. She's a very nice person. Oh, I know. Oh, I've got no beef <laughs> yeah, with them at all. you're with her, right? Yeah. Okay. We don't need to go there. No, no, but one. hold on. I said, I said to her, I said, don't do the uh, distract me. I said, uh, you know. I said, you know what ADD stands for, right? And she goes, no. And I go, attention deficit, boy, your hair looks good. And she went, stop, it's a bad hair day. <laughs> she totally did. Yeah. Yeah, we live in an ADHD house. So, because I've, okay. uh, I've got a kiddo with significant ADHD and then me and then, you know, there we are. So, okay, but going back to that, I would say that... One of the reasons we've been able to stay friends through all of this, because I've, I'm pretty firmly entrenched in so many ways in that whole evangelical world, because, yeah. you know, we serve organizations that serve the church. I care about the church deeply. Yes. And I know you actually do too. Um, but I know that about you. So I know that you actually do care deeply, that Jesus is represented well, and that the marginalized are served, mm. and that the church is... It is serving the marginalized. Like, I actually know those things about you because we've had real conversations. So when you would do these things that could look like crazy oh, publicity right. stunts. Yeah, going blind for a week, uh, uh, not speaking for three months, walking the Camino. <laughs> walking two of them. Um, what else did I do? Blind? Uh, oh, I hired, uh, put an ad in the Toronto Star, looked for an atheist, yes. an agnostic, yep. a pagan, somebody who's no, no church yep. experience. And we did the, uh, we visited churches and I got them to kind of uh, report Feedback, in on it. Which yeah. was great, actually. Really in insightful and enlightening yeah. for me. We did yeah. Preacher Idol. That yes. Fun. You, you think did. you can preach? <laughs> Give us 10 minutes. And then we voted you. We did the tribe. What was that one called? Uh, like Survivor? Yeah. Soul Survivor. Yes. Where we uh, we we picked a, 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 soul, a survivor and then we had... Uh, leaders of different tribes. I mean, like the big kahunas in the different religious groups, like a, the biggest imam, the biggest, uh, like Arun Gandhi, Gandhi's grandson, you know, uh, just some big players, uh, and Graham Lotz. Yep. Uh, and they represented, they t told this, this person all about their tribe. And then you vote and you decide, you know, which tribe you're going to be a part of. And anyway, yeah. I, yeah. And so you did these things. People could think they were publicity stunts. But as your friend, I knew they were you. If that if that makes sense to you, like I just knew they were they were you. This is just how Drew thinks things through, <laughs> and so it it could drive people crazy. But at the same time, it's just you. It's just you being you, and that's okay. And your wrestling was okay, like that idea of it's really okay to wrestle through these questions. And one of the things that solidified that for me is that it wasn't a stunt, or maybe it, it wasn't, a, I was going to say, maybe it started off as one, because I have been part of a couple stunts, one involving a fart machine that you brought to an event. But, so there have been stunts as well. it wasn't on the radio. Well. <laughs> it wasn't on the radio. No. But it was in your life as yes. a leader, uh, you know, even though you wouldn't what call yourself I a leader. To what again? Oh, Don Miller. Don Miller I event. also took it to a Bill Hybels conference in Australia. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, so, so there we are. So okay. there are some stunts. However, one of the things that you did at one point I forget how it happened, but you were invited to a Benny Hinn event. Oh, that, Do you remember that? Yeah, that was with the um, Taylor the Agnostic and uh, Sabrina the Pagan. Yeah, so tell us about that. Um, we went to different churches, not, like uh, within the within the Jesus tribe. Like we went to the, uh, the one of those churches. Like Orthodox? Yeah, okay. and then we went to uh, Happy Clappy Church. Yep. And, um, and then, and then we found out Benny Hinn was in town. We thought, well, we got to include that. And, uh, and I guess they found out I was from Joy 1250, the big Christian radio station. Yep. And so they put me in the, in the Keener section, like right up front within the first eight rows. They didn't do their research. Whoa. Not, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. not a good move. Or they really did their research. Oh, no, yeah. no, they didn't. No. Uh, and so everyone started standing up and cheering something that Benny was doing. Uh, and, um, and then people were standing up and jumping around for Jesus or whatever. And I was sitting down because I, I, I'm not a big stander-upper in these kind of things anyways. It mm -hmm. just feels like uh, tribal conditioning. Mm -hmm. And so, plus I had to make notes. I was writing notes. I'm sitting down writing some notes while everyone's, you know, worshiping Benny. 
not as God. And uh, and then uh, the offensive lineman from the Dallas Cowboys walks up. I don't know if that's really his position, but this dude was huge. A significant got the, man. Got the earpiece in. And as his coat opens up, I can see the butt of a revolver inside his jacket. And he says to me, what are you doing? Are you kidding me? I'm making notes. That's what I said. <laughs> I'm writing notes. Like kind of got up in his grill about it yeah. while I was sitting down. And he went, okay, all right. Just just needed to check. It was just weird. Yeah. Just weird. Yeah. And by the way, the wheelchair section is actually a section of empty wheelchairs. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> so. the wheelchair section because the real wheelchair, wheelchair, whoa, wheelchair section was way in the back, in the shadows, out of the lights, out of the camera shots. That's where all the wheelchair people were. So, okay. So I know you had an interesting experience there. But I'll tell you, it's how you reflected on that experience to oh, me yeah. over the phone that I have remembered. And I have said to other people over and over and over again, oh. like, I think I've quoted this so many times. Wait, so I just set that up by, by going, oh, man, it sucked or it was yeah. weird or in a, in a judgy way. And I probably said something gracious you actually did. to you, you did. at that particular point in time you upon said, reflection. And now I look like a jerk. No, you don't. You know, because you know what you said? And I have said this so many times, and actually it has helped me be more gracious with people who are different than me in their expression of Christian faith. Was this, was this the ass comment? No. Nope. Oh. What, what you said, well, maybe it was. You said something to the effect of, actually, maybe you used a different word. Maybe, but what you said essentially was, if God can use yes. a, a fool like him— yeah. Why, or if I could believe that God can use a fool like me, who am I to say that he can't use a fool like him? And I know that sounds really also judgmental, but I have used that so many times because there are people who we just don't agree with their method. It's the method at the end of the day. Style, personality. Style. There are a lot of people, as we are in leadership, I think that genuine, faithfully following to try to figure out what Jesus has for us and who he is and what our identity is and all those things, there are people who just look so different and are are choosing this so differently. And so, I mean, it could be that as you wrestled through your piece, I thought the same thing about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> just really honestly. Totally. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Because I remember uh, someone saying to me, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, if, if Jesus could use an ass, mm-hmm. then maybe he could use me. Mm-hmm. I think it was Mel Stevens from Teen Ranch that once said that to me. And I thought, ooh, that's, I like that one because I know enough about myself to know I fit in the ass category. <laughs> um, so, and in then, the and donkey then, sense of the word. Yes. yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we have to clarify <laughs> that for your tender snowflake <laughs> listeners? I don't think so. I think it's okay. okay. I think it's okay. This will be, probably be our highest listened to podcast <laughs> if we promote it saying this is the one where you need to find the... Yeah, the, the silence button. Yeah, yeah. Count the cuss words. The beeps. Send it to focus on the family first and get their count of all the swear words and then decide if you want to listen with your kids. To be fair, the friends of focus on the family are friends of ours as well because they are part of our, I always say, and okay, this might sound wrong, but the table is big. And I learned this from yeah. Bruxy Cavey, is that in this Christian family, the table is really big. And, and, you know, and I've been challenged by this probably because I've wrestled alongside you in different ways. Mm. I remember you saying to me one day that I'm just lucky because I got the gift of faith because I just believe. Yeah. I remember that stuck with me. You said a lot of things that really stuck with me. Like I just, for some reason when I was a kid, God just really did his thing. I have the gift of faith. I was, I screw up throughout my teenage years and tried to run away from this. But at the same time, like I've just had this gift of faith. But I would say that the the there's also the gift of seeing the table as way bigger yeah. than your so that the tribe is actually not the tribe that you're talking about necessarily. The tribe is this really big, diverse expression of a family where there are people that you think are the weird uncle and you hope that you're not the weird uncle and like that the table is, but you are the weird uncle. uncle. (laughs) You probably are the weird uncle, but winsome and charming as well at times. Not not creepy weird, but how do you see that big table? Like how do you fit in the tribe now? Because I would say you're still part of the tribe. You said you're not in the tribe. I'm not in part of, I'm definitely not part of the evangelical tribe, but I've discovered since, mm, 
since processing my journey of doubt publicly, I have had the you know, the typical thing to say, the honor and the privilege to speak to so many great minds who would never speak to me. The only reason they speak to me is because I have a microphone Mm -hmm. and talk to them about some incredible stuff. Philip Yancey and I have had numerous beautiful, he was, I needed him to be one of my last guests on the show and he Mm -hmm. was, and he, he said some very gracious things to me because he's a, he's a struggler and a doubter and authentic guy as well. Right. Mm -hmm. It's probably an Enneagram four. Mm -hmm. Um, but when it comes to the like the bigger tribe, um, well, two things. One, I've discovered that doubt is more compatible with faith than certainty. That's my tagline on the website, and it's I got that from Dr. Daniel Taylor, who wrote the uh, is it the Myth of Certainty? I think. Can you repeat that then? Sure. Um, faith. Faith. Uh, doubt. Sorry, doubt is more compatible with faith than certainty. So unpack that a little. Unpack it. Such a Jesus question. <laughs> now, just unpack that a little. So, okay, um, tell us what you mean by that. Yeah. So, um, seriously, faith became went from being a noun to a verb in my life because um, I didn't have a faith. I was figuring out how to practice my faith or exercise my faith. And then in order to do that, you have to actually go, well, what is faith? And there's the scriptures that talk about, you know, things unseen and blah, blah, blah. But basically, we're talking about invisible stuff here. Mm-hmm. Aside from all the holy rollers who have had incredible encounters daily with the Lord Jesus Christ, even to the point where he gave them parking spots. Or people around the world who need Jesus to do miracles for them, and they do have them, you know? Okay. Like, North America is different. Yeah. I think there yeah. we have different expressions, right? Uh, all, all I'm saying is that um, uh, my, it, we're talking about invisible stuff. Yeah. And in order to believe something visible, you have to have a faith. And in order to have faith, you have to allow its ugly redheaded stepbrother into the room. Doubt. Mm-hmm. For all the gingers out there, I apologize. <laughs> yes, because we do love you also. And you are part of our family, I'm sure. So, Somewhere. So, 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 okay, so we've got this big table. I, I would say not, I would say not tribe. I would say family. So this big, weird family Maybe that's because of the way. I mean, you were in Australia. You know that God is at work in Australia, and in Canada, and in different places around the world. Like, no, I don't know that God oh, is you, at work anywhere. I don't. Do you, do you? So yeah, where are you now? No, I so, do, like, where well, are you, you now? Just use a certaintist word. Okay. You know that God is at work in Australia. No, I don't. The, I have to choose to to believe that. I have to choose to believe that God is at work because I mm-hmm. can. Man, I got the biggest backpack of yeah buts and what ifs mm. that I've carried around for most of my life, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to empty it out. I'm walking the Camino a thousand kilometers with just a backpack on, and everything is in it. That's all you mm-hmm. have. I, I, it's you started tearing out pages of part of the journey you've already been through in that guidebook. Mm-hmm. Okay, we don't need that much weight. Less weight, mm-hmm. less weight, less weight. Same thing with the spiritual journey. Less weight, less weight, less weight. And that means the yeah buts and and uh, and what ifs, and I've got to be careful with those because they can anchor me down. And next thing you know, mm. I'm crawling, mm-hmm. and it's exhausting. Anyway, sorry, yeah, I'm carrying off in a weird <laughs> analogy there. So okay, so here's, I guess, so one of the ways that you wrestled through those yeah buts mm-hmm. is by talking to other people who had not answers, but kind of answers, no, like but you questions. did. They wrestle with see the job description of an evangelical pastor is to provide the congregation answers. Right. The job description of a rabbi is to wrestle with the same questions that his congregation has. Okay, so so maybe you were a rabbi instead of a pastor, do you think? Like Boy. a radio rabbi. Boy. We could go radio. But that's what you did. So you wrestled. So how did you choose your guests? Because I mean, some of them they would be certaintists. Yeah. But a lot of them would be wrestlers and you interviewed how many guests over those 16 years? Oh, heck. Do you know? know? 50 shows a year, 16 years, um, and between four and eight guests a show. A lot. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So you talked to a lot of people. Um, who were your favorite? Like, who did you rest? Who could you appreciate them helping you unpack that? You were talking about this unpack your spiritual backpack of yeah buts. Who were the ones that helped you with that? Boy, I should have prepared for this interview. No, because you I, when told I, me not to tell I you. No, no, I know. But the, yeah, I, I get that question yeah. a lot, right? But I've stopped thinking about the show. I've stopped thinking about that part of my life. 
Um, and so I really have to reflect now on, on, um, we heard Bruxy and we heard Ravi and yeah, but they didn't have, I mean, Bruxy, Bruxy's had a great impact because, um, he's a relatable dude. He's a fat hippie who preaches. Like when was mm-hmm. the last time you saw one of them? Every Sunday. Right. <laughs> As we go to the meeting. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. I didn't mean to call you fat, Bruxy. Um, <laughs> neither did I. No. <laughs> Just to be fair. Um, you know, there was a guy, the original Patch Adams that oh, the movie yeah. was based yep. on. Yep. Dr. Hunter Patch Adams. He was good. And he wasn't even part of the tribe. But he was asking stuff about uh, uh, Christendom that that made me go, hmm, that's, that's some good stuff. You know what? Even when I interviewed the high priest of the Church of Satan, I still think back, and and I've had him on a few times. We've had some great conversations. And just the facts. See, hold on. Here we go. (laughs) How does being adjusted? Halloween just happened. Yeah. And I participated masterfully, dressed up as Jason with the goalie mask, and I had a chainsaw with no chain on it. And I started up and touched the appropriate person in the shoulder and scared the living snot out of them at my (laughs) daughter's house who had the piano out in the front of the lawn and a skeleton and scary music and goblins and blah, 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 blah. Man, I would be kicked out of the church when our kids were growing up if I did any of that Mm -hmm. stuff. So at that point, the tribe taught me things that I'm now a little ticked off about. Mm. Like my kid couldn't read Harry Potter like the rest of the class. So what did they do? They sent my kid into the hallway to read his nice little happy baby Jesus book that Mm. baby Jesus was very happy he was reading. Not Harry Potter. Instead of read the freaking book and then let's talk about it at home. So, so okay, we don't want to talk necessarily about the tribe that you were raising because I'm going to, what I'm going to say, maybe. What? But how did I get, why was I talking about that? I'm Halloween. Not totally, Halloween, not totally sure. Um, but I'll tell you this, that I think that this is actually, because you and I talked a little bit, that my my heart for this show is that we have young leaders listening in and well, then they don't the care podcast. about everything we've just said. Well, no, I think I think it's important because they're trying. They have to actually unpack some of the stuff that their parents have gone through too, right? And so I'm very fortunate. I was raised in a very ecumenical home. I was raised evangelical Lutheran and by a mom who grew up Catholic. And I went to Pentecostal Children's Club, and uh, then my parents ended up in a Christian Reformed church. And then you know carried on. I've been I've been Southern Baptist and Pentecostal. Now You're I go to a Brethren for in Christ. Jesus. Absolutely, and I'm really cool with that. Again, big family, big table. Yeah. It's okay to disagree with family members. You still love them. Move along, sort of a thing. Um, but I wasn't raised with some of those hangups wow. because I I have never seen Hell's Gates, Heaven's Flames, or Heaven's Gates, Hell's whatever. Flames, whatever That's it is. Never seen it. Thing, yeah. But people talk about that. Yeah. I've never seen it. I know that it. I, and here's the thing. God can use a lot of things to connect with people. So it, that has connected with people, but I've never seen it. And I got introduced to this evangelical world where they talked about, I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but it seems very strange. Or, you were saved from that. Yeah, there you go. And, but you know what? I was, but every group has their thing to recover from because we're human. So how much of this is God in the wrestling and how much of it is just humans bumbling along and trying to express who he is. So, so as you wrestled, like how much were you having to heal from people and how much of it was oh, actual like doubt question. in God? Mm. Or heal from myself. Yeah. You know, and both you are people also. No, <laughs> hopefully I, just one person. <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. No, I'm not. Um, I don't, I don't know if I can answer that. I don't have enough space distance past you know, the, the wrestling. Well, okay. There might be a correlation. The answer might have something to do with where you're at in your bitterness level. Mm. Cause I'm, I'm still like, I wrote a post, wrote a post. I'm not really writing or doing, well, sorry, I'm writing, but I'm not doing a lot of social media. I post this thing on social media cause I was just so, meh. and and I, and it, it, it's surfaced. The stuff surfaced again. Mm. That how ticked off I was about the evangelical tribe, making me more scared of, of quote unquote evil mm-hmm. than, um, than able to to uh, to trust and rest in a in a in a in a loving uh, God's um, plan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, but it's it's subsided really quick. 
the, That's good. the bitterness. Yeah. So I think I'm getting there. Um, and hold on. Look, my, this journey of mine is not new or, and why, if it is new to you, or if you think it's a weird journey that this Drew Marshall guy's on, then you have not looked into so many of mm. the great men and women of faith mm-hmm. over the years, because so many great minds, theologians have wrestled with this stuff. Like who? Kierkegaard, um, G.K. Chesterton. Um, I mean, it, it, C.S. And even C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis yeah. or Mother Teresa in yeah. her Dark Night of the Soul stuff. I mean, it goes on and on. Yeah. There's, there's no clock going. Yeah, our timer isn't no. working, so I have no idea. Where We've only at. been going for 43 <laughs> seconds, by the way. <laughs> I just thought we should probably check how many minutes we're doing because we could talk forever. And oh, yeah. we are going to talk again, but the next conversation we have, we're going to invite your wife, Bev, who is lovely and a saint of in many ways. Because she has to put up with me? Is that yeah. it? We love you. You are part of the family. You are at the table, <laughs> but so is Bev. And we want to get her, I want to get her just thoughts on this. So too. just so everyone knows, there is going to be another episode and we're going to talk to Bev. We're going to talk about what it looks like to wrestle alongside someone who is wrestling. Um, but all of that to say, I lost my train of thought. That Why do people put spaghetti do, on toast? What, why do they? Okay. Yeah. That helps me actually. <laughs> really? <laughs> So, okay, so so what you're healing, when when you're talking about doubt, it's about human expression and, of and God. Like, it's both of the pieces that you're wrestling with, sure. not just one. Sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exactly it. Well, because so many, um, see, this is what I've had to lean into. There, are, there have been a few, a numerous people who have said to me, you want a tangible encounter with the creator of the universe. You don't want to just live on other people's stories, mm-hmm. whether it's scriptures or your buddy down the street. You want your own tangible encounter with this with this God, this Father God. Mm-hmm. We were taught this Father dynamic. So, mm-hmm. who has like you don't have a good relationship with an estranged Father. Mm-hmm. So you want a tangible encounter. I don't want God's stuff. I don't want his inheritance or toys or a new car or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just want a sh- hand on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. A, mm-hmm. a look in the eye somehow. And I don't know how that's going to, he's going to do that and what his ways are and all that kind of thing. But somebody w- will come along and they'll inevitably say to me, um, the way God interacts with us is through other people. Mm-hmm. Right? You've heard that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Isn't that humanism? I, good question. I think, you know, this is my, I think it's one of the ways he does this, but I don't know. I don't know if it's human. I don't know. Well, I haven't what, wrestled through that. To all the people who have not had a tangible encounter with the living God, okay? If you say to them, well, God has really interacted with you. Look at the people in your lives and, mm. and, and what are you doing for them and what are they doing for you? And it's all about community and God interacts through humanity, okay? I'm doing a lot of this. I feel like yeah. Bill Clinton with the... <laughs> Fake pointing thumb. There's a video podcast for this so people can watch you. You are far more entertaining visually. Um, Well, okay, then if that's, if God, you know, really interacts through people, then how do we know that's God interacting through people? Isn't that humanism? Isn't that just being really stinking nice to the person across the table from you? I, you know, I would guess that it could be humanism, but I would also say that the Holy Spirit has a role to play. That it's if God can use an ass. Oh, right. Yes. Why can't he use you? I'm using your words, yeah. you know? And and I think, I mean, kind of coming full circle back to the beginning of all of our conversation is that, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, he did use an ass like you, mm-hmm. you know? The reality is he did. And for 16 years, he did use you. And and the, I, when I was talking to our producer and my coworker, who is amazing, Michaela, about this, I said, you know, the word that comes to my mind when I think about Drew, I, I believe that you have been a leader to spiritual vagabonds. Like you have been walking alongside them, even on the Camino, like, and 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 blogging and journaling your walk on the Camino, that for a spiritual vagabond who who wants an experience with Jesus and with the Father, that you have been, uh, I, th- I think I would say you've been a pastor to them. Okay, uh, yeah, 
I have to admit that, like, the theme song uh, that we ended up using on our show for the last, I don't know how many years, was uh, Outsiders by some band, a cool band. They have a banjo in it. Um, and thematically, yeah, I, I get that. I I have to just make sure I'm not pulling the false Canadian humility card and go, oh, mm-hmm. stop, don't talk about me like mm-hmm. that. No, I think you're right. <laughs> um yeah, because if I'm if I'm gonna do a show, why why else would you do a show? Yeah, why they, would you do a radio yeah. show because unless you tell, wanted to impact tell people everyone, who are struggling? Oh. How much does radio pay? Oh yeah. Oh, you don't have to say a dollar amount, but is it enough to set you up in? A- oh no, I'll say a dollar amount. Okay. Nothing. <laughs> no, no, it pays. They don't. The station no. pays me nothing. So you do this because not because I, you're getting paid a fortune. No, I made any money I made, I made through finding my own advertisers. Let me tell you how fun that is. Hey, I got a I got a God show. Okay, click. Okay, I got a I got a spiritual show and but yeah, I, I used Canada's to be passive. most listened oh, to. Oh yeah. yeah, it's like oh, yeah. how do you brand your yeah. anyway? Yeah. So you're not making money. Um, I yeah, sorry. So so okay, this is gonna sound really bad, and you're so gonna you you're gonna hate this. Is that so? Maybe you weren't a pastor. Maybe you were a missionary to those spiritual vagabonds. I know you're gonna hate that. But why would what you do that? What is wrong with you? I, I've known you for too long. But like, I did not homeschool my kids. <laughs> I was a missionary for five years. We there we bought go. our clothes at stores instead of making them. Yes. Well, you know, okay. But but the reality is it takes a very specific heart and a very specific person to say, I'm going to do something that I basically have to raise my own funds to do. And I'm going to show up every Saturday and I'm going to do this thing and wrestle and be ostracized but, at some level. But hold on. Like, Again, back to my personality type. A four has to do that. I think I just hit the mic. A four has to do that. A four has to scream authenticity from the highest hill. If, if a four is the one that goes, the emperor has no clothes. That was a four. An Enneagram four, in case you don't know what the heck we're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. Four. Yeah. That's what should be screamed out because when they're coming, you need to look out because fours, like I, I felt, I've always felt like an outsider. Growing up at a funeral home, my friends didn't want to come over and play. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, so I've always had this outsider thing, and I, but I've always, I remember when I was a kid that going to the United Church who weren't real Christians, um, the, that's an, got an asterisk on it. No, you get the sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, that's what we yeah, were taught. Yeah. Um, thank you, evangelicals. Um, uh, I went into the minister one day and said something like, um, can you tell me, like, how in the world would Noah get every two of every stinking animal on one boat? That's insane. And he said something like, well, I don't, you know, it just, it says it in the Bible, so you just believe it. One of those kind of, yeah. and I knew from the beginning, I mean, I wept watching Ten Commandments as a kid. <laughs> So there's there was something inside of me, like the, Moses was an outsider in that mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. right? So the outsiders, the 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 um, the um, the freaks, you know, Mike Iaconelli uh, in Messy yep. Spirituality would talk about um, Jesus being the Lord of the Losers. Mike Iaconelli was amazing. Yeah, yeah, amazing. He was, he was my first yeah. um, holy crap Jesus guy. Mm-hmm. He he wrote um, dangerous faith. Yeah, danger, uh, dangerous uh, wonder. Wonder. Dangerous wonder. One of the best books yeah. I've read. I love him. So okay, and I know we need to wrap this up because we're going to talk again. And uh, and so so what are you doing now? Like you left a radio show. You had two hundred thousand people Hold potentially. On, but before we go there, to what okay. are you doing now? Did we cover what you want to cover in regards to your target audience and them yeah. being? Trying to sniff out what what uh, leadership looks like within the Jesus scene today. Did we yeah. cover any of that? Well, I guess here's a question: If there was something you could say, this is potent. I am opening it wide up, scary with you. Oh, if you could okay, say anything to no, if if there was a leader out there, so think of yourself when you were in Australia wrestling mm. and saying. Am I a legitimate member of this tribe? Where do I fit? How do I lead? Because you ended up leading, even though you wouldn't identify it that way, mm. even in your 
in your brokenness. We all are broken. You were just very public about yours. Mm. Um, to be very clear, you are not unique in your brokenness. We all are. Okay. Yeah. So what would you say to them? Like, what would you say to yourself? Okay. So if anybody's in spiritual leadership right now and they're sitting there feeling stuck, maybe, mm-hmm. um, their, um, their faith is dependent on their, or sorry, their paycheck is dependent on their faith. Yep. And that's a lot of people. Um, first of all, there needs to be a support group for them because that is an insanely scary um, corner to be to be stuck in. Mm-hmm. Really scary basement to be stuck in. Um, and I, I don't know, Frig. That was a good question. I mean, you certainly have to wrestle this with somebody. Mm-hmm. So you got to you got to find some, and that's hard to trust. Mm-hmm. When I was pastoring in Australia, the, the only people I really trusted were my neighbors. They had nothing to do with the church. That was safe for me. So you can find find your safe person. Find find safe person. Um, and there's got to be. I mean, obviously, I'm going to scream about authenticity and honesty mm-hmm. and integrity and that kind of stuff. If you think God is real, well, hold on. Maybe you're at that point where you're not even sure. So I was going to say, well, then ask God to reveal to you, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But if you're not even there, then, then, well, why wouldn't you just go away? By the way, there is a support group for clergy who want to get out of it because they realize they, they just shouldn't be there. Mm. And it's run by an atheist group. Oh, wow. Well, how pathetic is that? <laughs> yeah. Why can't our own tribe take care of our own tribe? Yeah. Yeah. We're good at taking care of our own tribe in so many other ways. That's why we have tribal bookstores. Yeah. Well, and you know, tribal bookstores, and you know that I love a good Christian bookstore. So whatever, man. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah. so to the leader yeah. who's stuck, grow a pair. Mm. It's probably the only time that will be said on this show. But it's true. It's true. Because you're you're you are modeling to your kids or other people, you know. So you're modeling. I'm going to say people inside your own home. No, they know. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, and you know, I'm going to stick with grow pair because I think there's way too many people in ministry, and the only reason they're in ministry is because they can't survive in the real world. And I mean Christian camps, especially. Because that's a nice fortress of uh, of uh, of protection, you know. You've got bubble. some experience with that. Yeah, with, yeah. Bev and I met at uh, Teen Ranch, and 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 I've been involved with numerous camps around the world. Um, so there's so many people who are in ministry that are only in ministry because they don't have the testicular fortitude to get a real job. <laughs> Again, that's probably the only time that will be said on this. But I, I think there's part of that that is true, and I think sometimes we can think if we have leadership skills and if we are people are, and and that might just be that there are people who follow us because we're bold enough to say things um, and that we follow Jesus, that that means that we must be a church leader. I think that we have, we have this idea that the model has to look like this. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. Like we think a leader has to look like this and we think that the model needs to look like this, but what if, and this is me, this is, you might say this is too Christian, I don't know, too Jesus-y, but what if God could do something unique through you that will reach, like, which is exactly what he did with you? Um, what if he could have a unique expression of what it looks like to lead so that you get to lead a different group that would never show up at the doors of a yeah, church? Exactly. And I think that people miss their calling they're calling. <laughs> That's yeah. a very, but I really do. I think they can miss their calling because they're just not living out who they were made to be. Is that fair to say? Sure. And as you're talking though, I realize there's a bit of vomit creeping up in the back of my throat because the word leadership is a good word, but it comes, it's tainted in the, in the evangelical scene because, because there's so much bad math. You, you described it earlier. If you are uh, verbose, mm-hmm. or, you know, decent communicator, and 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 you're bold, and and you, you've got a little dynamic thing happening, and you're a Christian. Maybe you should get into ministry. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should become a pastor. Maybe you should go to Bible college. The best advice I ever had about Bible college was: don't do everything you can not to go, and then if you end up going, you know you're there for the right reasons. Um, 
I, I just, there is just weird math. It's that whole, you're not in it for the right reason. You're in it because your ego got stroked because it's the same thing in sales. People, you, Alan, over the years, how many people have come up to phone call? Hey, I want you to come to a meeting. Oh, what's it about? Well, I can't tell you. You just got to show up and just show up. And you go like, really? Yeah. I know it's multi-level marketing. Yeah. I know you think I'm dynamic. I'm not coming yeah. to your stinking meeting. I don't care yeah. about water that much. Yeah. Um. Oh, you'd be really good at this. Well, what do you mean? Oh, you could make me money because of your gap. Yeah. Think. Apply that same math to the Jesus scene. It's. Yeah. You could this, this you is, could help us with our building campaign. Yeah. And you know what? I think this is math that we all know exists, but a lot of people don't want to admit um, because it, it could actually make everything fall apart. I, th- I, I think that that actually does happen. Um, so this, you are a very different kind of leader, <laughs> whether you would call yourself a leader or not, because people follow and they follow along with, but I think what you do is that they follow along with you Instead of following behind you. Because I got nothing to, what do I know? Even writing this book that I'm doing now, people, you know, I've had three publishing companies call me and say, hey, we're interested in this book. I said, well, how are you interested in? I don't even know what I'm going to be writing about. (laughs) That's ridiculous. They're interested in you. They're interested in you. No, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't, there's everybody seems to have an answer for everything. And then they write about it. Mm. what's what's happening in my world right now was the question you asked just a minute ago yeah. i this morning i got up not early don't get don't paint that romantic uh, visual um and i went out and i fed the horses and then i um picked poo up off the ground and put it into a wheelbarrow wheeled the barrel of poo to the <laughs> poo pile and tipped it into the poo pile and then went back and busted off a layer of ice off the water trough so the horses could drink, fixed the water heater that needed to be fixed for the water, um, went back, grabbed a ginormous piles of wood and brought them into the shack that we live in and got the fire going. Like, there's nothing. Like, I'm helping my glamour. wife. It's there's a glamour no gla- life. Uh, yes. Oh, so much glamour. <laughs> Radio is a glamour job. So much glamour, glamour career. But this is where I need to be right now. Mm. I need to shut up more. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I, I am going to be writing. I am writing. Um, it's been busting inside of me for years to come out. So I've got to do it, but I have to get rid of things in order to do this. And that meant I had to get rid of the show. I had to get rid of, um, uh, my phone. So I have no, I've gone from techno guy, everything. I'm looking at your tech guy over there going, Ooh, I'm Jones and all of this equipment <laughs> over there. It's good. And I'm like, I don't, I don't have a thing. I have no cell phone. Mm-hmm. I started um, just no, no texting, no phone calls. And, and then I still had the, the little iPhone I could use on Wi-Fi for different things. And I went, well, that's kind of defeating the purpose. Mm-hmm. So then I put that in the drawer. So now there's none of that. That's why you um, don't want Hallmark movies on because you have nothing to distract you. No, I don't want Hallmark <laughs> movies on. There's no TV. Disaster. There's no radio. I was a news junkie forever. There's mm-hmm. no news. And then uh, next week, I'm getting rid of the vehicle. So no vehicle. It's poo, 24-7. Uh, and I'm also helping my wife uh, with the cafe whenever she needs me. Okay. So we're going to talk more about this in another episode. So Really? We're finishing on poo? We, we're gonna, <laughs> you know, the advice I got when we started this podcast was, don't be afraid to be different. And Drew, you just did it for us. So I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that you are here today. It's good conversation. We're going to actually get together with um, our spouses with Indian food tonight and probably really talk about all this stuff. It'll be really good. But I just, uh, like, we'll find out where people can connect with you because it sounds like you're disconnected now. So don't bother trying to connect with Drew at this moment. So in the show notes, there will be absolutely nothing about how you can connect with Drew. There's no website. There's no email. Um, But I, you know, one of the things that I heard you say is that we actually need to be supporting people who are wrestling through this. And so I want to look- Instead of the atheists doing it? Yeah. And so I want to, as part of the show notes, be looking for somewhere, I don't know where, that we can wrestle through this together. And so I actually don't know the answer for that, but I I hear that and I actually, and I actually really agree with you on that, that it should be a safe place for people to wrestle with things. So I'm not a believer. I'm a hoper. I hope there's a God. I don't believe there's a God. I hope there's a God. I would like to end on that. That's okay. That's really okay. So you've wrestled through and that's where you've landed. And so for now, 
um, because I know you've been wrestling for a while and I think you'll be wrestling till the end. So it's fair to say. Stupid fours. <laughs> yeah. I'm a seven. I'm an optimist. You'll get there. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm so excited that Drew's been here. I hope that you have found this enlightening as well as I'm we'll end on that. Um, and I, I am confident that you have. And just forgive us for anything that we may have said that offended you, but hopefully it actually was thought provoking and not up. just offended. <laughs> princess. And we'll end on that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Communications, your marketing team for good. Graf Martin Communications is Canada's leading PR and marketing agency serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast. Visit grafmartin.com to learn more.